when I was asked on Fireside podcast, actually, which of the like seed one teams I expect to underperform the most, my shot was on Australia. Hello everyone, this is next episode of Enter the Matrix in our road to WTC. Today we'll be talking about yet another team. We are taking Team Australia to dissect what they did, why they chose such rosters, what are the ideas within their lists, and with a very good reception of the previous episode where we touched on Team USA, we might even try to grab another team I mean, not grab another team, but talk about yet another team over this weekend. But how are you doing, Nathan? I am fantastic. And it's nice to be looking at the reigning defending champions to see how they're going to get on this year. Yeah. And thanks, uh, the Northern Irish captain, Cahal, for actually sending us a video of his team watching together mm-hmm. our dissection of the lists from Team USA because I think they are in the same pod so it was quite heartwarming to actually see some people listen to us in such manner so (laughs) without further ado I think we can just get into it let me share the screen this time our plan is for it to be less scuffed so we've written some summaries of the armies and and we start with something that's very, I think, the most normal list that Aussies brought. Mm-hmm. Out of all, this is straightforward GSC. I don't think there's really that much to talk about. It is 80 seismic neos, 45, how do you call them? Uh, Acolyte hybrids with demo charges, two saboteurs, yep. three primuses, two nexuses, Klamath was probably for the mirror, and two mortar ridges to give that buff even when hidden uh anything to add yeah it's basically it's the gfc version with or without the um aberrant aberrant that's on thank you uh so yeah he's got more demo hybrids a few more guys on table but like we've discussed in the past gives you more offensive shooting and more play around units maybe it's a little bit better for cards in some ways but it doesn't give you some of the board control that you might want for primary that the aberrants give you and some of the just toughness and board control that they give you is just not in this list but again it's gsc it's still fantastic got way more demo charges than most people so yeah is what it is i i don't think there's much to talk everything we said about team usa and gsc transfers here although they mm-hmm. had aberrants but yeah. both versions work so Let's go into the very first list that's very unorthodox. But I think for those who are like keeping track of what Eric Laturas was playing and posting on his Patreon and like social media, what he's trying out with Nits, it is not much of a surprise. Australia again taking Gant Carpet. Mm-hmm. And this list consists of Death Leaper, Neuro Tyrant, 2020. 10 10 gargles, 20 hormagants, 3 times 20 termagants, 11 neurogants, 2 lictors, 2 exocrines, 2 times 3 zones, 3 raveners, 3 venom tropes, 1 biovore. So, this is the list that what you were mentioning in previous episode quite relies on how you can actually screen your loan operatives with the flood of bodies in a way that because simply you cannot move within 12 of your loan off and the bodies just flood the marker. You cannot take away the primary and still needs are really good at doing missions. Although this list having only one biovore is probably not going to be so reliant on playing like engage because that requires whole unity to be within a quarter and this army will string out a lot. But this army will be very good at playing missions like teleport homers 
or even tacticals if they wish so, but they will struggle to kill at times. So I'm not really that convinced about tacticals, depending on the mission. But other than that, that I cannot remember what was the name of the fixed mission of doing an action on the no man's land marker. Oh, uh, beacons. No, beacons is corners. Uh, yeah, I, I cannot remember. You can take that one as a as a fixed one. You can do one in the middle of the yeah. board, and you can take one on the markers in no man's land. So I can see this army sometimes playing just those two fixed missions, trying to get those twenty. Uh, I mean, f at least 30 points from fixed and sometimes mm -hmm. going for tactical, depending on the mission they play. And this is an army that just floods the board, although there are f some things that I find interesting and I'm interested about your take on it because I thought this army benefits a lot from having a tyrant when I yes. was looking at it. So not having a tyrant here seems like a choice. Surely, Tyrant is very pricey. It is 140 points if you take the 5 plus Phenopane buff on it, which you, for example, USA took. But the Tyrant gives you those two stratagems, which are very powerful because you can give 5 plus Phenopane to two units. And most importantly, you can resurrect from four units even. Because the yes. resurrection, if you are within synapse, allows you to choose two and less swarm units to resurrect the three plus three models. So suddenly, if someone starts chipping your units, they cannot really do it because you will just resurrect all of them for that one CP. So what are your takes on it? Because this is surely a take on NIDS. Yes, this was the other version of NIDS. If you went, you could go down the super heavy monster list, a hybrid version or the more hoardier version like this. Um, yeah, normally I do like the Tyrant, like you say, it gives you the access to double straps and also the six inch aura for advanced assault on everything. I know most of the Gaunts and Gargs all have assault weapons, but it's still useful maybe in the more hybrid versions. Uh, but yes, the Tyrant being able to bring back more guys, double feel no pain because the Tyrants is, I would argue, the best one in the game because it's every player turn and it's yeah. not. His own unit could be something within 12. Uh, so, yeah, the Tyrant is a choice. But then again, you can also look at it the other way of a Tyrant is what? 40 Gaunts? 40 bodies, yeah. Yeah, it's 40 or Gaunts. 50 even, depending yeah. on which ones you think. Exactly. So it's it then becomes a case of, well, he's not going to spawn that many. And with the yeah. Philopane, he might not save that many. So then it becomes, well, is the Assault worth it? Well, most of the guys have Assault weapons. So maybe, maybe it's not worth it. A um, couple of nice little things in there. But... I think this one is down to how the army actually deploys on the board because the choice whether you have more chaff or a tyrant, I think in this list, the choice wouldn't be actually chaff or tyrant. It would be rather some of the smaller units like Raveners or Exocrines or like Singular Richter, Richter for a tyrant. You would still keep the horde. So... I don't think we can nearly quantify it as a way of more hard units or time. Oh, something fell. Uh, you need to look at it as you are taking other like tech choices within your list mm. instead of tyrant. Yeah, so I, I can see why he's dropped the tyrant. Uh, it's a difficult army to deploy because gargoyles take up a lot of space. Uh, because the wings, the, you can't actually put them base to base that easily. So you end up deep striking quite a lot of them. Uh, so, so yeah, like you say, sometimes the tyrant is nice because it actually takes away some of that board issue. Uh, but looking at the actual offensive capabilities of the list, it's an offensive scorer. It does a, it probably scores cards, set objectives better than, like you say, anyone else in the game. It can blanket the table if you literally just can't deal with that many models. Some armies have very little, like them. say IK, don't have a whole lot of shots. Granted, they still have primary taking capabilities with the number of model OC that they are, but this list still can snatch objectives off pretty much everything, and you end up kind of trading not You usually need something. only four of your guns or gargoyles on a marker to take away exactly. a marker. If you are playing against like IK, who has like OC 10, 8, or whatever, you need 5 or 6, which usually can be easily done on the board. Because you yeah. can even charge them. 
they cannot kill you in melee. Nope. And also, to be honest, if you go first with this list, you just push 20 Gaunts. They aren't CK, so they can't have... They can't walk through you guys, so you just push 20 uh, Gargoyles in front of them, and they just cool. You're stuck in your place. Because with Gargoyles, you can advance, shoot, and then move another six, so sometimes you can just block opponent in the deployment zone. I think this list kind of reminds me of how... Mm. Liam Hackett played Necrons last year. Yes. Yeah. Go first and just cover the board. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. This also smashes GSC if it goes first. You just cover the board. Or you can set GSC players can set up their armies, but those those units not popping up just don't do anywhere near enough damage, especially when you've got like Venomthropes, you start hitting on sixes with some of the guns, yeah. it just feels very mad. They don't get the exploding, they don't get the extra AP as well, is it? It just becomes like, uh, the shooting actually feels a bit docile, which but that's better than getting zero because he's covered the table. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'd imagine this heavily relies on having three lone operatives, Exocrines just help with a bit of shooting. Zones help with a bit of shooting and synapse coverage. Ravners are great for just deep striking around. Venom throats. I, I have cool. one take about Death Leaper over Elictor. I'm not a big fan of actually choosing Death Leaper over Elictor because you, if opponent is playing tactical, it makes assassinate a little bit easier. Sure. But that's my take that Neuro Tyrant will be hidden away. And if you are trying to use Lone Up on Death Leaper, Sometimes you just give up on those points from cards. True. And that's that's a small choice. I like his extra in bun. I would actually think Lictors are better if they could actually deep strike. The fact that they don't have deep strike is so stupid. Because they have a free stratagem to rapid ingress, but a cool rapid rapid ingress six inches onto the table. Great. What an awful assassin that is. Like, just give them Deep Strike. They used to have it. It's, it makes no sense that they don't have it. I thought it would yeah. get changed in the recent Overlooks, but it is what it is. Lore-wise, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, lore-wise, it makes sense. The only problem with this list is if you can not take the primary off people, you don't really have the damage to take people off primary. So, like, Custodes yeah. can hunker on a couple of objectives, still be, what, 21 OC a unit, you cover most of the front of an objective. It's difficult to be taken. You can't charge those uh, custodes. They're still going to probably beat you on primary, but it's still kind of drawy because you both get cards. Decently. But yeah, overall a good list. Yeah. And a great player using yeah. it. Yeah, I, I think this is an army that if opponent has ways of killing it, like Death Watch, it will just die within two turns. Seconds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Death mm. pick up this army in three turns. Yeah, but not every army has means to do it. So yeah. I, I think this is a great choice. <laughs> Although I can, unless you are very versatile with it, I can really see problems with time because there are so many activations. So, but yeah. this applies to every hard choice you ever take. And when we did some testing, depending on the Eldar list, this wasn't awful at blunting Eldar. But again, it depends on the Elder list. Some of the the more say specters they take, the easier this army just starts falling over. Yeah. Or spiders. Yeah, specters, spiders. So it ended up being if they actually took and to be honest, even when you roll sixes like Manny, Rave Knight still pick up most of the unit. <laughs> I mean, Rave Knight easily can kill twenty yeah. with one shot. Like that's not Yeah, even... no, it's just dumb. Because yeah. you get what? An average D three plus four shots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think I think this army will be used as a way of preying on just flooding the board. So like arm gun lines, if they do not have like good blast weapons, can suffer like armies that rely on more deep strike play, like you mentioned, GSC will suffer. So there's a play, but as soon as you are able to just push with one unit and just ignore the damage output, mm-hmm. this army can just die quickly. Obviously, if you are good at playing with hordes, you layer your units, 
you make sure opponent needs to kill one layer, then another layer. They they cannot easily tie you up because of how the new pilings, etc., work. That you can actually work around it, but this is very time consuming, and I think it will be very time consuming for both parties. So whoever is playing that army or against that army can expect all the games go to full four hours. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where we got to with it being, it's good, but it didn't seem like it had a much better matrix than a hybrid nid list, and then it wasn't worth the yellow card for getting time penalties. Yeah. Or potential of getting yellow cards, because it only takes one. And there's game. also a problem that we, maybe it's not even mentioned that much, but you need to factor in the fact that there are seven very demanding games usually at the WTC, and playing an army that fatigues you will play a factor when it comes to the last day. Because if you are playing an army that requires both a lot of mental and physical work, it will, at the end of the event, hinder you to some extent. Yeah, if you start misplaying this army, it'll start going downhill quite quickly. Like, our game, we're playing two hordes against each other and yeah. just not having fun. No, at the last round of the event so yeah. uh, this is not great but like I think this army is good but yep. for the next one this is another hot take mm. I, and I think this choice. but I don't think it's necessarily very out there like a wild idea I saw it going around the internet quite a like a little bit because when it comes to the list, for those listening, we're talking about Inari from Australia. They have one Parsi Skyrunner, Incarn, Ivrain, which is Warlord, so it's that's why it's Inari. Three Fire Prisms, five Hawks, ten Guardians, five Spectres, five Rangers, three Ravagers, and aren't we missing? Uh, and one there's and one Rake Knight. Yeah, I knew I didn't write down something because suddenly there, it didn't add up to the <laughs> points. So yeah, there should be one Rake Knight also there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So there's. So basically, how I look at it, you pay for Ravagers are really cheap for as a platform for Dark Lances, but mm -hmm. you pay a tax of hundred five points. Yes. For them. Yeah. So you you essentially pay. Or sorry, hundred points. You essentially paid those like thirty points more per Ravager. Where I think when you think about Ravagers as hundred twenty points, it suddenly changes maybe your look at over it. When you think about other units, you can field in Aldar because those three Ravagers and if Rain is equivalent to Spirits here with Rave Guard with there in this list you do not really have night spinner so also you do not have indirect fire which also changes a little bit how you play it especially combined with incarn which actually benefits from spinner killing some chaff and then you can open up the game like crazy yeah, yeah. so there are some choices but i think with eldar it's still a, like it's still a very good list 100% it's like we said, the problem with taking the tax of Ivrain, it then makes the Ravagers for 95 points, you start to question while being very good, because I guess when they shoot a fresh target, they get real ones to hit, and they still get yeah. the Eldar one reroll to hit one reroll to yeah. wound. Yeah. So then it becomes actually, even though they're not Dark Eldar and don't get the pain token for rerolls, they're actually still basically get they, it for they the kind of have full rerolls. Yeah. Uh, so the extra nine lances is great. The only problem I would see with this list is it's actually quite difficult to hide three ravages and three fire prisms. And the yes. way that the way that fly works now, so he probably has to like reserve some of it. The way that fly works now, I actually because I was testing Dark Eldar for quite a lot, the, the fly's neutered. So Trying to move those ravages around wasn't actually that easy. Getting line, of, and actually the problem is getting line of sights with those bases yeah. because you need to when you have if you are on one side of the L and you need to be fully with your base on the other side of the L. 
ravagers actually have their bases in like the middle of their whole frame, which yeah. makes your you need to move a lot to actually get those angles. So this list I feel like can be a little bit more dependent on the terrain because also they do not have any like low knob choices for objective holding, which usually with Eldar you would take like Illich, you can take Dev Jesters, you can take Solitaires, you can even go go for Fugan, which is basically a loan up with his resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. So there are like other choices. And I think this army will still perform well. I'm not sure what they were trying to target with Ravagers specifically. Maybe it's, it's yeah. about tailoring for Mirror, maybe to some extent. What's your maybe? Name? Maybe I can see that, but you got to think that the three ravages are the same as a in a mirror. Three ravages is basically the same as the uh, Wraithguard block, which will probably be more useful more of the time. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Guardian unit. I get it; you can hide the Farseer in there, and uh, it's okay. But and it gets you the extra. Die. It's a Skyrunner Farseer, so you cannot hide oh, in there. No, so it's if Rain in there, and she gives the Field of Pain and Resurrection. And Just Actually, if Rain, Anti-Infantry has quite decent output with Anti-Infantry, mm. 2-Up, and Dev Wounds Prophet. So it's, she's not like useless. And like no. she gives some tricks with her Resurrecting Guardians, as we mentioned in previous episodes with like Grey Knight. You can have Union behind the wall, one Guardian popping out. You kill mm. you kill a little bit of them, then she resurrects them back on the marker. There are some tricks. Okay, yeah, I can maybe see that then. Yeah, just maybe it's the other versions where I've seen it where they have the guardians and it just feels like a bit of a tax. But other than that, yeah, it's 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 Eldar Junari. He'll still score really well, but it doesn't. I would say that maybe it's not the strongest Eldar list there. But they've obviously got some tech choices in there. Ravages are obviously there for a purpose. Maybe they thought every team was going to take double knights, like they did, yeah. um, or it was going to be a lot more of a big, big model. Well, they wager into double knights. You want those ten raid guard more? Uh, yeah, so. yeah, and actually three ravages and a eve rain of what raid knight, which again is still probably better. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting choice. Good list though. Still good player. So right. moving on. You want to take this one? Yeah, so we've got CSM. For, so for those who are listening, you've got Abby, as usual, Abaddon, Cash Lord, 10 Cultists, 10 Terminators with all the usual stuff, 5 Chosen, uh, 3 Forge Fiends, 1 Nurgle, 2 Undivided with the Plasma Cannons, or whatever they're called now, uh, 1 unit of 4 Nurgle of Blitz, 3 units of 3 Flamers, Blue Scribes, and then Changeling. So a couple of interesting choices here. Chosen units, quite cool. Uh, I guess I'm assuming the Chaos Lord joins them. You can't join anything else. Abby goes yeah. to Terminators. Chosen, did I give them advance in charge? Was it? I, I can check it down. Maybe that's the mark. Um, pretty decent combat unit. Nice little scoring unit as well. Uh wouldn't be my first choice necessarily. Only four obliterators is an interesting choice. Especially like, they are goal. Yeah. Uh, I'd have thought they'd have gone for maybe the more damage output with the undivided version, if you can only have one unit. Three yeah, forge so. fiends, again, still fantastic damage output. Still two lone ops, but no cipher, who I know is more, more expensive, but it gives you a lone op and a vect, which is useful. Um, Otherwise, it's basically got the most of the same components as most CSM lists, but it maybe doesn't do the out-and-out -out damage that some of the others do, which have four, or so, which have eight or even ten of blitz. Uh, but it still pretty much does the same role. It's uh, rinses people from shooting and has kind of just enough scoring and board control with the Terminators to uh, then try and push the differential. Yeah, I, I think that in this case, it's more like Chosen with the Chaos Lord have a free strat as a regular Lord mm -hmm. gives. So they are a choice with full rerolls, Chaos Undivided, so you can have another unit that's just in a single turn, you can 
double full real two units. Although I'm like, there are some choices that I'm surprised about, like Terminator Squad is Nurgle by themselves. Yeah. So maybe track. sometimes there's like a plan to play them without Abaddon, maybe. Is the so, Cast Lord in Chosen Nurgle? Or are they like corners? Uh, no, no, no. They are undivided as well. Okay. Okay, so he can't, he's not double Nurgle strategy. No, no, no. He's not. No, okay. I thought they might be doing that with the Chosen. They run to a side objective. It goes well, just use the Nurgle strat for free. Uh, and then the Terminator blocks also on Nurgle strat. So it's like, it's, a, it's almost like a pseudo loan operative again. Um, yeah, but you have two loan operatives. I don't think you need that much Nurgle strat if you already have Blue Scribes no. and Changeling. Especially sometimes Changeling will just roll a six and you cannot do anything. Oh, not sometimes, all the time. That's what mine does. <laughs> yeah. It's always a fun one. But yeah, only four blitz is an interesting choice. Chosen, I, I don't know, maybe you didn't need them. Because Chosen and the Cast Lord is most of the points towards another blitz unit. But yeah, it's good still. Yeah, I, I think like actually the one forge, if you swap one forge fiend and the chosen squad with lord it's basically the list of usa if you change change link into cypher as well i'm uh, always yeah. interested of not having cypher i think it is a point discussion probably that they couldn't fit it over changeling or blue scribe because i would always take it over changeling just because the getting one strand more expensive is as we sp spoke in the previous episode, like it can be paramount to how much it, how much changes into certain matchups. So, yeah, I think everything that we said about USA kind of translates here. This is another army that, with less obliterators, I feel like it is more dependent on the boards. Yes. Yeah. Because obliterators at least can try to use their knowledge shooting to negate some of the problems you will have. And with how immobile the army is, like I can see why you chosen chosen. Oh, that, that, that's a sentence. <laughs> uh, because they will, with advance and charge, they can sometimes try and reach farther markers that you normally you wouldn't be able to with your units. Sure. So, but I think it's like. There's three versions of CSM when I look at it at the event. You either take four, eight, or twelve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were finding that the more damage output, the better, because you can almost make up for slightly less scoring by just nuking your opponent. Yeah. So that's kind of where we got to with ours, but I can see this one's a little bit more well-rounded. It's less of a dud in pairings if it doesn't get to play something that it can just wipe off the table. So yeah, it's still good. I, I think when you look for those lists, there are some choices that surely mean that they probably have like a more elaborate plan how to do pairings. Sure. Yeah. And when you go with more straightforward lists, you it means they need less babysitting in pairings, usually. Yeah. So this might be relying on some masterminds, although I have a strong opinion there is no masterminding in pairings. It is only information <laughs> game. True. So, another list, and this is not as surprising, but it's slightly surprising. So we have Thousand Sons, Ariman on disc, Exalted Sorcerer on disc, Infernal Master, one Sorcerer, one Terminator Sorcerer with the Vortex, 10-10-5 Flamer Rubrics, 2 times 10 Zangor, 3 Vortex Beasts, 10 Terminators, but no Magnus. And I think this is the only Thousand Sun list without Magnus at the event, if I'm think so, correct. Yes. So, yeah, which is an interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on it? It's got most of the hallmarks of what makes Thousand Suns good. Uh, he's got the Exalted on disc, which I think they're my favorite unit in the army. Um, I'm building up a couple at the moment they're fantastic double slow like we use two in our list but even just having one just that automatic slowdown and then you just move back around with a piece of terrain it's fantastic uh he's got what one sorcerer so one of his units probably the five man is you can just you can't shoot them over 18 super useful zangor's an interesting choice 
not really played around with them, so I can't really comment on them too much, but I guess they're just cheaper scoring. I maybe would have taken Enlightened because they're faster, but I guess they might help the screening being 10-man units on. More, and those are basis. more OPSEC. I mean, yeah, OPSEC, more OPSEC. Objective secure. Yeah. Uh, three Beasts is an interesting choice. Difficult to hide. They are huge models. Uh, oh, yeah. If anyone's... Yeah. But then again, increasing the ranges of everything. And they also just have a great, pretty great shooting attack as well, especially when you get that hit with the big Lance one. Uh, Ten Terminators, again, it's an interesting one. The FAQ didn't help them too much. You can't make the whole unit psychic to then shoot indirect. Uh, but they still have a good amount of output and a good use of strats on them. Yeah, but, but without Magnus, the yeah. damage is like plus one to hit and plus the one to wound is a lot as a buff. Yeah, also 10-man units, no rhinos, makes it a little bit more difficult to... This is not the easiest army to hide. It's got one. Yeah, and I think this yeah. list is like more susceptible to like indirect armies, like say Guard. Yeah. Like For guard sure. when when it sees this and guard goes first, it's gonna be just done. Yeah, just pick up the important terminators and or just start picking on the rubrics, and yeah, you start yeah. start taking these kind of armies off. Yeah, again, they must have a reason for it. It's a little bit more, I don't want to say hoardy, but it's a bit more blocky than other Thousand Suns armies that I've seen. Um, yeah, you you basically have what. Three ten-man blocks of marines, one being thermies, and three yeah. vortex beasts, which have like similar resiliency as ten-man marine squad. For sure, yeah, yeah. So this might allow it to be a little bit more put forward. Um, yeah, but yeah, just to see. I, again, Although, I'm if I were that. going with like defender army, I would go with more exalted disc sorcerers. But that's, mm. that may be only me. That tech okay, changes yeah. a lot. I agree with you. No, like we uh, we were running three at one point, but we decided on two in the end. But yeah, I think that especially if you are going to be more defensive with the list, just being able to slow people down is so massive in some matchups. But it still can be an attacker in certain ways. Yeah, like hundred um, percent. But I think everything we kind of said about the U. Uh, no, no, we haven't spoke about the thousand suns in US because they do not didn't have. But I think we mentioned them. And I think this army, when it comes to pairings, it is way less resilient than it was previous edition. Like mm. you suddenly, sometimes you just die if you overextend, and it is very susceptible to be tagged down. Because your yep. only way of actually getting out of melee is Doombolt. Mm -hmm. Whilst previously you had full psychic phase to actually kill those units that tagged you, and then you could proceed with your regular shooting. And now you are actually some some chaff can actually tag you and keep you in combat, so you cannot use those flamers and stuff. Obviously, there is Overwatch and other things, but for sure. Overall, the army, I think it will work well. Like the flamers combined with no armor save and making them psychic and full rerolls, just nuke stuff. Mm -hmm. If the, if the target doesn't have invul or feel no pain, so it's not like I wouldn't be super surprised if I see sometimes ten flamers just kill nearly ten rave guards. And it can happen, but but then again, this feels a bit more like a list that has to extend more of itself to try and kill something because you don't yeah. have magnets to buff stuff as much. And you don't have rhinos, which no. also makes those flamer units were more, way more useful because you get that additional movement of a rhino going behind the wall. You disembark three inches, then you can use the cabal to move additional six, mm. and suddenly you grab angles that you would normally get. Exactly. And this, yeah. and this list doesn't have that tag that allows it to grab those angles. Like, no. you need to do it on board. Obviously, you can double use it, uh, so you can get plus 12 movement on rubrics, but suddenly you are spending way more on the actual of the actual resources you have by cables. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sold on Rhino-less rubric lists. I think Rhinos really extend them, and I think this is a case of when we were talking about, like, the orcs 
that USA brought. Mm -hmm. The trucks and the unions inside with bringing layers of unions on the marker forces opponent either to commit a union to contest that marker or actually commit a lot of units to kill unions on that marker. So I think there's always a benefit of having those layered approach with how you do it with transport. So this is, I think, the least of thousand signs from the event that I like the least from those I've seen. I won't lie. Yeah, but... I can't necessarily disagree. But they obviously have a purpose for it. Yeah. You want to take this one? Sure. So we have Necron, which is by... Spicy. Yes, Liam Hackett, which hasn't gone down the usual route of uh, Lichgard. So he's got Cesaraz, who I can never pronounce his name correctly, uh, Command Barge, Chronomancer with Veil, Nightbringer, Transcendent Satan with the Fort Miller Pain, Royal Warden, uh, Overlord of Stealth, Two blocks of 20 warriors. Uh, one's got the... Well, so one's got all Reapers. One's got 19 Reapers, one with Flayer. One Ghost Arc. One Reanimator. And then two times two Thralls. So we put this on the table thinking, oh, it maybe doesn't seem that strong. But it's basically one of those lists where if you can't deal with a whole warrior unit at once, it's going yeah. to basically come back. So it is. This list is very, very good at drawing with people. It can null people quite quickly. Damage output is limited. There was a couple of interesting choices which I'm not an expert Necron player by any stretch of the imagination. One thing that we I wasn't quite sure what he was doing was he has a ghost arc, which is transport. For this, you have to have a model that starts in the transport. The only one that realistically can go in it, I'm guessing, is Cesaraz. Yeah, Saras, uh, which then he didn't get to use some of his abilities, I think, because he's obviously not on the table, uh, which was an interesting choice. But then again, Ghost Arc is just useful anyway. Uh, yeah, it's basically two blocks of 20 warriors with loads of characters and two stands. Uh, interesting. And they have armor of contempt, additional IP from Saras, so there's like. Yeah. No feel no pain, though, on a yeah. block. But one only of, one um, of them has Invul, only the one yes. with Orican. I I don't think we've written or Orican here, but there's Orican the Divine yeah, as well so. here. There's one of the units is quite one of the units can advance and shoot. The other unit, or depending on how you put the characters in, one of the units can shoot and then move six, kind of like gargoyles. So it's quite nice, and they have the veil, I think, when we use them. So you can deep strike them over, shoot a load, use the strats for extra. Uh, shooting potential, and then move back again. I, I think, seeing at the list, I think how it will be played is Chronomancer with Veil, with Royal Warden, with the squad with one player, and because they will Veil, they Veil, they shoot something, they move, they can take away a marker, and Flare is there for that range difference, so you are not yes. only limited by the short-range weapons, but you can have one guy shooting the further-range weapons, and at the same time, because characters also have shooting, but that mm -hmm. way you can still protect your characters from precision, yes, because they can be hidden behind the wall. So that one flare guy is just for a purpose of actually being able to hide your character. Because normally you could use the chronomancer buff by just shooting with the royal warden, right? Mm -hmm. And the other squad I would expect to have overlord with stealth and the orican the diviner. So that one is the tankier unit with four up invul minus one to hit, yes. and you shouldn't be, and you shouldn't scoff at the melee of the army as well because sometimes if they pop additional IP and strength five of warriors, they can like dish out a little bit of damage in melee even oh. if they try to charge you, tag you, and just go with all that resurrection shenanigans over the board. Mm -hmm. So how I look at the armies. You, if you are thinking about playing it, you need to either have two ways uh, how you can approach this matchup. You either can kill Ktans really quickly, which I think some armies can just do it. Mm. Or if you have an army that can like kill the warrior squad in one activation, 
because you have uh, something that's very powerful in shooting and some armies just have those things like that six crisis man squad right sure. something like those those units can actually try to do it and this way if this army just loses one of those big blobs suddenly its whole game plan will just collapse because Literally, it yeah. loses a lot of the board presence and suddenly if they cannot and if they cannot counter such unit that is able to kill everything it will can do it the same with the other squad mm. so there are so it is an army that i i see if you can kill everything that's around those units and then get to killing them you can play it and as they do not have as much like damage output i can see them having issues like say into castles because castles can just rush them yes yeah and you cannot take away a market that's just surrounded by custodian models because you cannot yeah. move on it it also didn't feel like it had the best scoring necrons do struggle a little bit with cards not the fastest army in the game your satans are probably going to have to try and keep up with some of that work unless you want to use whole warrior blocks to do secondary no, you probably use the transcendent down to teleport around and do the missions yes but then he's not i know he wasn't phenomenal at damage output but at least he's then that's all he's kind of doing uh nightbringer was an interesting choice uh over say boy dragon but i see the issue with boy dragon he's really difficult to hide in certain matchups yeah uh, and huge. he has big base i think actually nightbringer's yeah. 40 mil base yes yeah, is a huge thing yeah. Uh, but then, for, as a tech choice into certain matchups, Void Dragon is very nice. Nightbringer, I just, his gun's fantastic, but it's like AP2, which is a bit here. Um, and I think it was 12 inches. Yeah, it's like 12 okay. or 18. But it's like, it's D6 plus 3 damage, which is one of the highest there is. But then it's like AP2. So, like, Custodes in cover still have a 3 up save. It's like, oh, okay. It's a shame. Uh, and they might as well superior all that one. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 18. 18, yeah. Otherwise... It has, like, decent melee, like, 14 attacks at damage, too, is... Good. Still yeah, good. Really. Yeah, it's yeah. good in combat. Uh, D6 damage in combat, though, so it's a little bit yeah, dicey. with dev yeah, wounds. Attack. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's... Hot, hot. Yeah. How do you imagine they are going to use it in pairings? You mentioned that it is like a drawish list. I think this is meant for it. I don't think you can like go into, say, uh, Eldar and count on drawing because this is the same case. I don't think there is a difference for Wraith Knight if it's killing 20 guns or 20 Necron Warriors. Not a huge difference, no. It just roll a lot of sixes. Who cares? Because uh, it doesn't really have mortal defense because you haven't got Pillar Pains. Uh, it's... I obviously don't know enough about Necrons, but I'm not sure this is preying on too many builds. It probably can prey on any hoardier builds. I can see it but... like trying to play into GSC, although although yeah. the squad Maybe. without invul when it gets hit by that bomb squad well, yeah. just disappears. <laughs> yeah, because you get in because you get pl yeah. Actually, I refrain what I said. Plus four on blast. Mm -hmm. No, you cannot. Yeah. Never mind yeah. what I said. Is it that means you get in what? 28 D6? plus 46? Yeah. D6 plus 7 each? Yeah. Yeah. Not great. No, it's not fantastic. You should. Uh no, but then Overwatch and 20 Warriors, you probably lose them, but then the next squad just comes in. Yeah. Does think like you say, as long as you if you knock a whole block over. And to be fair, against GSC. If you do not kill seven of them, you haven't killed any of the bombs. Yeah, you haven't done that. Yeah. And he doesn't have like four rolls to hit. And That's then four problem. guys, okay, cool. We'll still throw everything and it. <laughs> Take and, this with you. <laughs> and just, yeah. So, yeah, I'm so not. I don't think it can play into Custodes. I don't think it can play into Custodes, GSC, or Eldar. Nope. Thousand Suns, maybe, but. Yeah. yeah, I mean the squad without invul, if it's if it's getting hit by thousand suns, it suffers a mm. lot. Uh 
massive blitz is they've got a lot of shots they can maybe knock down warriors but not necessarily in one go i i don't think they can one shot them no so maybe it's okay into csm uh it's probably quite good into knight armies because they definitely can't knock anything down no they uh, they can deal with it no way. Uh, and it's a lot of oc so it's not the easiest thing to take primary off this necon list but then again most teams haven't taken knights in any shape or form uh yeah i'm not a hundred percent sure its place but like you guys didn't take necrons for a reason as well right yeah we just kind of felt that it was a little bit do we want to take armies that offer potential draws in places but don't actually give us answers to certain things yeah. uh how useful is that sometimes and then if it was kind of a case of we played a couple of games maybe because Manny's list was more extreme. It was kind of a case of, well, if it was still getting smushed by even the Lichgard version didn't love the GSC and didn't love the Eldar, it's like, oh, how great a put forward it is sometimes. Uh, but it's yeah. later, maybe a later put forward it is better. I can see this being a good late uh, put forward or it's nice to have, to hold in your hand to be like, okay, well, it's either going to be what the army's left in the hole at the end, and just can kind of play most things from that point, or it's useful later on to be as a put forward. I can maybe see that because it does have some movement, but Veil's what one use only. So once that blob's yeah. moved, it's not the fastest thing to redeploy and again. Especially nowadays, for those listening, I think there was a, like a design commentary that mentions that you can only resurrect the models that started that yeah. phase on the board so there is a reason why like gsc cannot resurrect after going back in reinforcements because they didn't they weren't on the board in the movement phase at the, at the start of the movement phase etc mm. so with this army suddenly there are like funny interactions depending how you place the models if there's only like one necron warrior surviving you cannot probably resurrect some of them back yes, because yeah. you cannot you cannot fit uh, more models and stuff <laughs> Uh, so there are like niche interactions that might occur, but I do not really expect them to happen. So yeah, yeah, I I'm curious how this army will perform. Like Liam Hackett is known for choosing different approaches that work, so I'm not scoffing at it. Hundred percent, no. Underestimating underestimating a list like that would just be a big mistake, right? Yeah. And now for the most straightforward army. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, th this is Chaos Knights. Two Stalkers, six Brigands, five Carnivores. Every single one of them has half a launcher. End of the list. Awesome. Got even hurt by the FAQ somehow. It made their army worse. But it's one of my favorites. What do you mean by that? So the, it's a weird... The WTC ruled that for the indirect... The indirect missile then counts as the closest target for brigands. So if there's five dudes behind a ruin and you've got your brigand here, usually it used to be a case of, well, I get the plus one AP on the indirect because that's the closest thing that can see, but the rest of the guns get the plus one AP against that other thing that I've lined up to shoot. Whereas now they've said, oh, well, that's your closest because you took indirect. So then it becomes, a, oh, it's actually sometimes quite difficult to get the extra AP, which is what you want on the Gatlings. I think Brigands are fantastic. The extra AP and the uh, the um, weapons. Hitting on twos is fantastic. And good weapons. Yeah, good weapons to have. A little bit indirect. Some mass shots and some very good Melter, because Melter being short range being the extra damage is awesome now. Carnivores are yeah, actually... But mel let's, let's not... Like sugar, sugar coated. Like Maltas are not great this edition overall. Their their strength is very underwhelming. I I didn't find it too bad when you have eight. So this has got six brigands and two stalkers worth. The melters do get through if you're playing other big things, but they become so dicey. The melters they are very unreliable. Yeah. yeah. So even in some pairings, it was a case of, oh, if he fails a load of saves, it's, I'll rinse his army, but if he doesn't, oh, actually, it's not great. 
they have my favorite strat in the game the move through terrain and move through models yeah which makes carnivals fantastic because they're probably point for point one of the best combat units around uh because they didn't get a huge combat tax the list is very good at scoring it's not as as badly affected by terrain as say ik is because actually small guys move around pretty good um but yeah, they basically have a useless army ability because um, I don't think, you, think you will ever use it. Like if if it happens, you're like cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it vaguely happens once a game. I think the amount I've even played, I've, I tested them against orcs a few times, and it was a case of okay, well he just CP passes the one unit that I actually want to have the bonuses against. So then it ends up being cool. Will I get plus one to wound versus? three storm boys in a corner it's like great i was so god i couldn't wait for that it's like okay yeah it just it, the, the ability is just used they needed more it needed to be something like it then minus one to hit and plus one to wound from the whole game not for it turn three onwards and it needs to be once a thing shot take a battle test then and there so you can actually capitalize on, on it a lot more but yeah. it is, now it's so. very situational <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 even less than situational. It's it's almost a party when it does actually do something important. Yeah, uh, but, but I can yeah. imagine actually Sully playing it. He will actually throw a party when he when it actually <laughs> yeah. works. Yeah, you'll have a you'll hear the clink of a beer can opening probably. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I, I love it. But yeah, not my first choice. I I love it as a player who played a little bit of Chaos Knights previous edition. But I don't love it in the team comp. No. I can see what they're doing with it. It's not awful at getting points out of some people. If people can't deal with that many baby knights, it's okay. It's pretty decent against, say, guard, if they didn't take too much in the way of anti-tank. Because uh, I'd imagine, spoiler alert for whatever the next army is, but there will be games, there'll be rounds where they just go, that army can't deal with knights, here's double knights. Here's IK and CK. Because yeah. uh, it's it's effectively a full mech army that's good at primary scoring, so it's one of those. It still scores, but it suffers from secondaries a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, because you have to it lose is, uh... too much damage to do. Carnivals can run need... around and do secondaries, but yeah, it was yeah. Tough. But you usually you need to do it on like a marker and you expose yourself and then you suddenly paid 150 points for one action on, somewhere on the board which is not great so i, I can yeah. imagine this army being very very unreliable in scoring because it can get clunky with the secondaries that is true and, and it's still like fights on primary i think this is the same case as it was in ninth like this army was meant for playing primary and secondary was just an add-on. Yes, yeah. So that's fair to say. It is very good at primary. Like you start chucking three knights on every objective, and it's like, oh, now he's got twenty-four models on it. Effectively, it was very difficult to take off. But then there are some armies where just custos go cool story, bro, and then uh, just mm -hmm. take it back from it. Yeah, but you can they gang just off on right-click your deployment zone. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I love it, but and I'm glad a top team did take it. But oh, and also this version didn't have the uh, loan ops from demons because obviously they yeah. get used elsewhere. Uh, they're always a nice. You can actually get thirteen and the changeling in, which is actually pretty useful, uh, especially in this list. But I'd, yeah, I'd imagine they wanted to make their CSM stronger. Yeah, I, I can see this. I can see this being a, a, as you said, like a double pay rank with. The Imperial Knights, or yeah. sometimes also a throwaway, unless something is like really good into killing them, they can actually survive a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. grabbing angles, etc., if they are hiding behind walls, is not so straightforward this edition. No. Sure. So, and they do not require as much babysitting with the, in the pairings. So, not as much, but when we found. I mean, terrain wise. Terrain wise. Yes, right. yeah. yeah, having two, I know they're different, but two knight armies, usually one suffers. It depends because, yeah. of, because of it. Yeah, but Chaos Knights, because of their strat, can actually work around. Yeah, they can play from terrain pretty well, actually. Yeah. 
And now for something we already mentioned, we have the Imperialized with Agents. There's the Crusader with Gatling Cannon, Battle Cannon, and Mysterious Garden, so the teleport thingy. Warden with Sticky Objectives, six Warglaves, Eversor, and two times Exaction Squad. Yeah. So very straightforward. I think this is like a cookie cutter version of Imperial Knights you take. There is not, yeah. not much wiggle room. I like Eversor instead of Kalidus if you are playing action Imperial Knight because he can advance, do actions, etc. You get reach for tactical cards that you might not sometimes get with Kalidus. Sure. So there might be some usage of you throwing him away, like going into opponent's deployment zone and doing deploy teleport homers or behind enemy lines because you choose for him to be able to advance and charge. Or then after advancing, he can shoot so he can like advance, get into the deployment, do missions, etc. Yeah, some interesting. Yeah. yeah, go on. Some interesting choices with the bigger. I think Canis is amazing. Like, I think Canis is the main reason for taking IK because the ex the gun is good with the exploding. The combat's good with the exploding. He's the most melee, around. if you go for mortal wounds. Yeah. Yeah. And you get the free strat, so it does mean you can have two big knights on rotating. Granted, you can play around that a little bit because you just start shooting Canis first, and then if he uses it there, then you can't use the strat elsewhere. So, yeah, there's play around that, of course. But you can rapid ingress him for free, which is also yes. nice. Yeah, useful things like that. Uh, the Crusader is nice. The only problem I have with the deep striking one is because you pick him up, he doesn't get a command phase to actually put the abilities on himself and the smaller knight. So you lose a little bit there. But yeah, being able to just deep strike him is useful, really useful. Uh, yeah, steep strike was it. Walk on. I think steep strike. Um, I think it's deep, deep strike. I'll check it so we don't blunder like last time when we mentioned that Defunch has no shooting, no yeah, direct shooting, when we mentioned <laughs> 10 desolators, which yeah. I, for me actually was just something that is always in Defunch lists. That's just yeah, an innate thing that you start army with 1,660 points. Because of the new structure now, it's not in like HQ elites, troops, fast back, heavy yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like veteran squad, 10 desos. I thought it was another veteran squad, three infiltrator squads, and then two um, uh, yeah. Proteus kill teams. Uh, yeah. So the only problem I have out with the Crusader. Deep strike. It's Deep Strike. It's proper Deep Strike. The only problem I found with the Crusader sometimes was. You have to kind of stand still to get the bonus. Oh, yeah. And there's one mistake yeah. also. Warden can choose to, to war glaze, not the sticky objective. Oh, is it that one? Is it? Yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's yeah. the main one. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah which makes sense. Good. You want two with minus one damage. Yes, because that because you've got the less little guys for scoring, a couple of them being minus one damage really helps it. It's nice for you can run them against custodes a little bit and still be like, I can maybe still hold on to this objective because he's not going to rinse two, and if you surround the objective, I plonk two on it fully. Unless you have Trajan. Yeah. Unless you have Trajan, yeah, again, yeah, which not everybody took. Um, yeah. But again, the problem I had the Crusader, to get even better, it has to stand still. Most of the time, you didn't always have a great shooting option. So some of its ability was not always fantastic. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it's good. Again, Crusader is very expensive. I preferred Canis or the Forgeworld one, the the poor man's Canis, whatever that one's called. The 440 point one was very good in pairing and mm -hmm. testing we found. The, I, uh, I think it begins with an egg, whichever one. The Magera? The... No, it's basically got the same gun as Canis. Uh, I don't know the Forgeworld Knight. But yes, yeah, that, that one was useful if you wanted to really like because it's almost nine inches tall you could hide it behind the big rune at the wtc but other, when it stepped out again it had canis's weapon effectively to then be able to be quite good at maximizing towering like we've discussed on previous episodes ik it's got a couple of really really bad matchups so that kind i think of it needs to, to play as a defender like you cannot afford to play it as an attacker, I think. 
because there's not enough armies you can attack on their boards and That's you are and you have to play on your own board to make some of the bad matchups manageable or acceptable yes and then i would expect ik to actually underperform this event because they will be the armies that in those cases will probably be like okay well let's put as we have some other armies uh for example can draw ik so either ik will allow opposing like throwaway lists like those seventh eighth choices to be put into them if they can play them or either Eldar will just step in and say okay that's my 20. yes and that was the problem like you can't put them forth first because even even though most teams will want to keep gsc and Eldar to bully pairing later on there sometimes it's just difficult to not just be like here's gsc and Eldar. cool they both smash you like good luck uh so then it becomes a case of oh then you have to kind of babysit them a little bit later in pairings and like you say they need certain tables to if you play like custodes on a heavy table it might even, it's probably in no. custode favor especially if you haven't taken canis to be honest add custodes would beat that on an even vaguely heavy table um, so yeah it just comes down to they're just gonna not if they get everything in the correct order that they want lighter table preying on something that's not very good at killing tanks great it will actually smash some people it's just very difficult to manufacture that scenario yeah and i think teams that will identify that during pairings will make sure that those tables are not available for nights early yeah. and try to actually navigate the pairings in a way to exclude those tables from the pairing process quite early. that's true yeah yeah so any takeaways from the whole team overall again nice to see from the aussies to the us where they took a different set of lists they actually took some interesting options again australia what didn't take uh custodes and marines and didn't take custodes or marines yeah so no death watch no custodes uh, they have gone down a little bit more of a Let's either go big things or let's go slightly hoardier, uh, which kind of feels like they may be prepped for more of a big armored meta, slightly more maybe. Um, but yeah, some interesting double knights is an interesting choice. It'll either bite them on the ass or it will be very effective. Or we're all wrong. Yeah, or we're wrong. They're either way ahead of the meta or the list is trash. So it's, it's 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 definitely something in the middle. They're obviously they are the defending champs. Australia always has a very different meta every year that they've been one of the more successful teams. Obviously, a long time ago they were towards the bottom end of the table. Now they're towards the top end. It's one of those they've always had slightly different things. But I think in maybe a pseudo index edition that we have now, it's a little less tricksy and it's a little less. Predict it's a little bit more predictable that these lists aren't say as crazy as they were last year, where some people were like, "What on earth does that do?" and then they were getting smashed because they just didn't know what it did. Whereas now it's a little bit more predictable, but still good lists, great players. They still have obviously they are still arguably one of the favourites to win, but definitely some interesting army choices. Yeah, I. When I was asked on Fireside Podcast actually which of the like seed one teams I expect to underperform the most, my shot was on Australia. I still don't know whether Brody is actually playing or is it Eric after that one Facebook post. But I, yeah. I don't think they have Hayden as well. So I'm not sure how they're like swapping some of the previous champions actually will work for them mm. on like a personal level. Sure. So I'm not yet sure about their skill it's not like i'm calling them bad it's just i know some of their better players left and i'm not sure whether they have people of equal caliber there sure. but there might still be over prepared compared to what we've done and because yeah. they've shown this previously so i wouldn't scoff at it but i looking at the armies i think they are not the most out there armies we've 
because I, I will try to at least get us to talk about Germany. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you have like Germany, Spain, that also went completely different route or mm -hmm. like France with some different army choices. So I don't think they are necessarily bad if we see it through our lenses where Poland and England usually end up with quite similar take on the meta. Yeah, so, usually relatively similar matter. Yeah, I'll, I'll be really when I will not be actually in the studio and rather doing the floor work and scouting the tables. Those are will be the games I will also look into to actually okay. see how those armies work and what was the idea. Because I think throughout the event, when we sit down there and actually get to analyze a little bit, getting some like early results in, seeing some of the games at least like the first turn, if you were to go and look at them, we'll be able to dissect how those armies are actually meant to be played because even watching deployment alone will be sufficient for us to probably further analyze what's, what's the plan for the game. 100%, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. On paper, yeah, I would maybe agree. I don't understand. I'm going to leave it at... I, I'm not going to say they're bad because they're definitely not bad. Uh, in any stretch of the imagination, but it is, I'd be interested to see how they're using these armies yeah. more, yeah. more than like they would be my pick to be one of the worst, not worst, but like underperforming top teams, but uh, they could all prove as well. I, I might also have a grudge in me, so you know, sure, there might no, be I something get, personal on my end. I get that, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, but good luck defending it. It's, I think it's only been done once. Yeah, so, and I think yeah. it was Germany 2015 and 2016. Yeah, so it's it's a very difficult feat to accomplish. So, um, yeah. You need to get lucky twice, basically. Yes, yeah, when there's so many top teams now. Uh, but I would say to their credit, from, obviously we don't have the inside scoop as much, but we know from what we hear, they are one of the best prepared teams, for sure. Like, they have yeah. these boot camps where they go and play those games, which is massive. But I don't think this year we see any team saying they are not prepared. That's Everyone true. is saying they are very prepared, and they start working their asses off as soon as they got first their hands first on the edition. So, yes, yeah. I'm... When I think about them underperforming, I think this is the same case like last year. It was Poland and Aussies like working our asses off, doing a lot of preparation. I think more teams picked up on it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think this necessarily will be such a game changer because no. I think more more teams have done their prep work. So yeah. yeah. Anything else to add? Nope. I think we've said our piece. <laughs> cool. So we'll Thanks, try to record more, grab Germany probably tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then if you'll have any other team, we might be able to like go with maybe even two teams if we sit down and sure. de decide to lose two hours of our time to actually <laughs> give you some insights. So if you have anything else, because I saw Germany being mentioned, please tell us so and we'll make our best to actually facilitate our time to try and do that. So thanks for listening and see you in the next one. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.